straight out of Austin, Texas. It's On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com, with your hosts, Statesman Sports Columnists, Cedric Golden and Kirk Bowles. Often imitated, never duplicated. Hear it here first, On Second Thought. On Second Thought, episode 307, brought to you by Hookin.com, our good friends at Bud Light. I'm Cedric Golden, joined as usual by the Duck, Kirk Bowles. And Duck, it's always joy when we get the friend of the podcast, Paul Feinbaum, joining us. He is the mouth of the South. He is the namesake to the Paul Feinbaum Show on the SEC Network, weekdays, ESPN Radio. And he's always in that car wash all over the all over the worldwide leader. Paul, how are you today? Guys, I am doing great. I I I keep I kept forgetting this would be a uh, stream, so I, I dressed up like I was working out. <laughs> and we appreciate I saw you in some in some shorts with the black socks pulled up. Yeah, right. yeah. You know, when, when you get to our age, uh, and I'm talking about the, not you, said, but Kirk and I, you, you work out just to uh, not. It doesn't help you. You just think it does. It you, you, that way when you go see your doctor once a year, you say, "Do you work out?" Yeah, sure, right. I work out every day. I go check the mailbox and I bring it back, <laughs> and it's a very vigorous regimen. I'm telling you. So, how the hell are you, sir? We're doing great. I, uh, you know. Went to Nashville over the weekend uh, to do our show. We did it on Broadway, which was really pretty fun. Um, we're getting ready for Austin uh, next year, but uh, I don't tell anybody, but I skipped. I, I got in the plane so I could come back and watch the real games later. Nice. <laughs> smart man, smart Are man. You, I, so. I, I know the answer to this question already, and it's going to hurt me. Are you going to be in Tuscaloosa this weekend, Paul? Yes, I am. Whoa. <laughs> yes. You know, Last year, uh, I missed Austin because uh, you guys were in a foreign league. We weren't allowed to do our show from non-SEC uh, territory, but uh, th- we will definitely be there. We'll be there Friday for our show, and I'm I'm sure uh, if you guys have not been uh, asked to come by, you will be, and I'm, you probably won't. Be, you'll probably be too busy uh, hanging out, but, but but we will be doing our show live from Tuscaloosa Friday and Saturday, and with the morning show Saturday morning. Well, if we're busy, it means we're looking for something to eat. That's uh, that's high well, on. You guys, don't, don't forget me. I, I I I covered I covered the bear, so I can show you some of the old stomps. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So so this is the game of the century. Uh, you know, uh, I guess last night uh, we're taping this uh, Monday early in the week. But uh, LSU Florida State, what a game! Uh, but. Looking ahead to Texas, does this have any kind of a different feel about it going into the game, Paul, than it did maybe last year? Yeah, I mean, last year, Kirk, uh, I'll never forget being on uh, first take with Stephen A. Smith, that that knowledgeable, uh, well-rounded college football aficionado, and he was trying to tell me how Alabama was going to beat beat Texas by 28 or 30 points, and I – I, I'm not a Sousa, but I said, I don't know. Uh, I, mean, I, I think Alabama will win this game, and they should win it okay. But I, but Stephen A., and, and, he, and, and then uh, that was the beginning of really the first signal. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story, guys. I, uh, but I don't speak much during the season anymore because it's just difficult. I hate to miss a day of work, uh, especially on a Monday. But, I, but the only day last year I agreed to a speaking engagement was the Monday after Texas. For, for the obvious reason, I thought it would be a blowout. I didn't think there would be a whole lot to talk about. So I agreed right. to speak in Little Rock. And I was, we were, I think we were in Nashville. Uh, <laughs> while you guys were getting ready for Alabama, Texas, I was in Nashville uh, getting ready for Vanderbilt hosting Wake Forest. Oh, my God. And oh. Got on a plane as fast as I could. I mean, I, I literally walked into my house uh, as uh, as Texas was going ahead. And all I could think about was I'm canceling that speech. There's no way in in world in the world I'm going to be in Little Rock, Arkansas, while the Alabama fan base goes into DefCon One. <laughs> I made it to Little Rock. Okay, I made it to Little Rock on time, as you guys well know. 
got to have your priorities. You got to have it. So this is a coming attraction SEC preview uh, before Texas and Oklahoma join the league next year. So Alabama looked impressive as hell. Texas, not quite so much against the mighty Rice Owls. So uh, I don't know if it's set up perfectly for Sark that they didn't look that good, but does this look like a mismatch like Stephen A. Smith thought it was going to be last year? No, and 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 I'm with you, uh, Kirk. I'm old school where if if I have it my way, I don't want my team looking good in the first game. Uh, I want everybody angry, and uh, and and I, I felt like the worst thing that could have happened to Alabama happened to Alabama. They they played well. Their fans are now comparing. Jalen Milrow to Jalen Hurts. And by the way, Jalen Hurts was the quarterback Alabama could not wait to get rid of uh, yes. when uh, Tua Tungabailoa came aboard. But, that, but that's that's the scenario here uh, in, in the Deep South today. And I I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I would rather be on Sark's side right now from a motivational standpoint. You know what? Jalen Milrow was really good. He was 13 of 18, three touchdowns. Ran for 48 yards, two more. Um, wh- why was Nick so hesitant to just go ahead and tell us he was starting? We all knew. Why did Nick give it up? And what's the deal with Nick Saban and, and depth charts? Yeah, the, the answer to the first question is I don't think he really had that much confidence in him. So, so, so sad. The real question is, does he still? Uh, yeah, he, he didn't make a very declarative statement after that game. And I thought he was pretty testy on that subject because the problem with Milrow is he's enormously talented. He, he played the game of his life, um, but he doesn't do things that the normal quarterbacks do well. I mean, he doesn't read the field well. He doesn't pay. That, that, by the way, that doesn't mean he can't be the next Jalen Hurts, um, but he's unconventional. And I think they were hoping, uh, you know, all during camp, I kept hearing Ty Simpson's the guy. Uh, <laughs> He, 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 uh, it turned out that Tyler Buckner, the transfer from Notre Dame, is going to be the backup. And there's only, you can only play two quarterbacks. So I, I think, I think Jalen Milrow bought him a, a long, uh, a long leash in this game, uh, good or bad. Uh, and I, and I don't, I don't mean that negatively, but it's just, uh, I think Alabama fans were expecting Buckner or the other guy to be, be the, the quarterback for this game. And, you know, back to the second question, the depth chart thing, uh, Nick Saban has become very cranky in his, uh, 70s uh <laughs> and uh i've made a big deal about this because i i i was i, I was on that front row like uh many like you guys have been for your career and i just don't like the punching down that he does to the media uh, it's one of my pet peeves and uh you know I, i'm not i'm not in that room anymore and uh i don't claim to be but but i but i'm very sensitive to what we all went through early in our career and you know, when you're when you're the when you're the goat, when you've got everything that Nick Saban has going for him, why do you have to talk down to the media and and play games with a depth chart when it 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 absolutely has no no impact at all on anything? Yeah, you always wonder like, is he talking to us in the media or is he talking to his team? You know, for him to say, "Oh, you, you guys in the media think this is set in stone, it's permanent all year." No, we don't. We don't think that at all. We think it's the depth chart for this game. So, you know, like I said, I don't know people in the 70s. I know a few. uh, They get less cranky as they get older. So we we, we shouldn't be surprised. So is there any chance, because Texas did struggle a little bit, Paul, that Alabama will be overconfident uh, in this game? Because remember, they barely won last year. They had a zillion penalties. Uh, Will Anderson didn't play his best game and. They brought their maybe C or D game and still won. So could they be overconfident? I don't think so. Uh, but I, I think what, what what often permeates from the fans, Kirk, is that there, there will be a level of confidence. And uh, it it's probably okay. Um, but but I, I think I think that if you can possibly get your swagger back against a crummy team like Middle Tennessee, Alabama did. So uh, there's certainly – there certainly won't won't be the the trepidation that I think a lot of people were concerned about. So from that standpoint, I, w- I would agree. Uh, everything uh, from a from a tilting uh, from a trending standpoint looks good for Alabama, but I, I don't think any of that stuff really matters uh, when the game starts. You know what? And when you when you look at um, the preseason 
all SEC team. Alabama had one guy on the offense, J.C. Latham, and they only had two on defense, Dallas Turner, and my favorite name in all of college football, Kool-Aid McKinstry. Meanwhile, LSU had six and Georgia had 11. I know Saban is a motivational master. Do you think he used some of that as fuel to get this Bama team uh, fired up and ready? Uh, because, you know, some people are talking about Bama, but not like they used to talk about no. Bama. It's been, a, it's been a, uh, the most peculiar offseason of Nick Saban's tenure, because it's – I, I – <laughs> I'm going to tell on myself here, but since 2009, I picked Alabama to win the national championship every year. Crazy? Not really. really. I, mean, I, have, I started it in nine, and then in 11, I decided to go all in on LSU. And at the last minute, I just I, I backed away. I said, you know what? Forget that. I'm, this is before the season. I went with Alabama. And I, by the way, I, I, was, I started being right so often early on, on nine, 11. <laughs> 12. I said, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to keep doing it. And, you know, of, of those many years, Why not? Uh, better in the field. Right, I've been right six times. Oh. Uh, I've been, <laughs> Alabama's lost in the championship game three other times. So it's it really it's not a bad gig. Well, for the first time ever, uh, or at least since 2009, I, I picked uh, Georgia to win this year. And I didn't feel guilty about where in the years past, I would have had to explain that to Alabama. <laughs> oh, how could you do? Cause you, you know how they are. You guys have been around. Yeah. Um, and now it's just kind of part of the, you, you, you if you picked Alabama this year and, and a few people did, you're either uh, a good friend of Saban's like Herb street, or you're just a wow. blatant Homer. You're, you're a blatant Homer. Uh, I couldn't do that because I, I would never want to be called a blatant Homer for Alabama. <laughs> Uh, well, if you look at this Alabama team, like you say, it, it's reasonable. And I picked Michigan and your buddy Jim Harbaugh to win it all, just to be a little different. And sure, Stetson, Stetson Bennett isn't playing anymore. And so, but I was wondering, as far, as far as if you had to feel for this Alabama team after everything you know and seen and read in game one, what would that Achilles heel be? I think it's. <laughs> It's it's I, I, I hate I hate to undo everything I've already said, but I think ultimately it could be the quarterback. Um, because if, if these guys get in a shootout, you know, can Jalen Milrow pull them out? Hey, let me let me make it simple for Texas fans. Can yeah. he do what Bryce Young did 52 weeks ago? I mean, you guys you guys were witness to that, uh, and I'm, I doubt on the sideline or up in the press box there was any doubt. I mean, you knew what he was doing. Uh, and I, I'm not, I don't know if Milwaukee can do that or not. I say, I don't know. Cause I've never seen him do it. Uh, right. I may know pretty quickly, uh, about 11 <laughs> o'clock Saturday night. I'm going to say, you know what? He can't do it or he can't, but I think that's the problem. I, I reading too much into a game that I don't want to read too much into. I, I didn't see a, a dynamic running back. Uh, I've been told all season, uh, great offensive line. They're going to play bully ball. I, I had one of my colleagues at the SEC network on for five minutes, on Friday afternoon, how they're they're, they're going to have the most dynamic offensive line I've ever you've ever seen in your life. I didn't see that, uh, but again, the guy was an offensive lineman who told me that. So they they, they <laughs> tend to take, they tend to think the offensive line's a little more sophisticated than just knocking the the, the guy in front of you's head off. Um, so that that's a and oh and and really uh, the one thing that Alabama I don't think is going to have this year that they've always had, and I, I believe it's. You know why did Tiger Woods why did Tiger Woods win majors on the first tee? Because he intimidated the other guy to death. I don't think Alabama intimidates anybody anymore. Yeah, interesting. Uh, the, the old Mike Tyson. They played in yeah, because Mike Tyson he had a guy's beat before he got to the ring, and I don't yeah. think that 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 persona right now. But if they whoop up on Texas, and they're only a when is the last time they've only been a seven point favorite? Oh. House. That's forever ago. So so the national perception is this is going to be a close game. Do you think, Paul, that this is a close game that goes into the fourth quarter? I do. Uh, and, I mean, I, we're, we're speaking on Labor Day, and I'm still hungover from the weekend, so I'm not thinking <laughs> clear. You know, and I'm, I'm, I'm spending, a lot, like a lot of old-timers, and the whole weekend listening to Jimmy Buffett 
uh, records uh, because <laughs> it's, it, it does uh, kind of makes you feel old when 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 uh, when when said you're not that far away from where Jimmy Buffett is and he's now dead. Um, but uh, I. I think it is a close game. I'm leaning. Toward, I was about to. I gave you that preamble that I'm leaning toward Alabama. Uh, it, it's going to be very difficult for me to stand uh, in Tuscaloosa on Saturday morning and pick Texas. I, am I? Am I prepared? Are we? Are we there at that point yet? Maybe I've done crazy things. Good. But Good. I, at the moment, I'm leaning toward Alabama. But I think. Yeah. But I think close game. I, I'm not going to give you the. Oh, it comes down to the final close game as far as I'm going. How do you how do you see Steve Sarkeesian? He's uh, one game in his third year. He's fourteen and twelve. He he's still kind of yet to have that signature win that maybe last year's game against Alabama could have gotten him. Uh, what would you say your perception of uh, Sark is now uh, into his third year? Is he overrated? Uh, he hadn't gotten it done yet. Yeah, I think I think if you're sitting there at uh, at the trading floor at that. Goldman Sachs, you're probably looking at his stock being uh, he, he, it's probably overvalued uh, because, mm-hmm. you know, what the, you know, the future could be very bright. And I, I'm con- continually impressed by his recruiting. And I think the SEC helps. Uh, I, I do think the, the, the stars are aligned for the SEC entry. But, you know, you can't screw around again with a, a, an average year. Uh, this is the first time people have expected him to do something. And I think he has to deliver. I don't think this game. Saturday is a referendum. I, I think he would be well advised not to get blown out. Uh, I, I think this game needs to be a, a harbinger of things to come for, for Texas fans. They, they need to, this is a big, I mean, I think this is a big deal for Texas fans to go to the shrine. Uh, I know it was a big deal for Alabama fans last year, other than the new, the 11 o'clock kickoff and people still bitching about the, the band not being given good seats, which, you know, great. Really sorry to hear that. Um, but I, I think I, I think he, it's time for for Steve Sarkeesian, and I hope I'm not going to get quoted on this. It's time for him to put up or shut up. No. It's just a, just we won't. I, I mean, no one's that, listening, that, Paul. No one's listening to this podcast. Off so. the record, <laughs> come on. I, I this is just three, three, exactly. three, three guys. The three guys yeah. talking, and uh, we we recorded it just for you know s's yeah. and giggles. So, uh, speaking of assistance. Uh, Saban 28 and two against former assistants and only Kirby smart and Jimbo Fisher have beaten him. Um, What do you attribute that to the success? Maybe he beats everybody, but he's particularly hard on his ex assistants. Seth, I think that that is a, that's a fascinating stat, but I I think it's overrated for a couple of reasons in that group of, of of, of, and mostly just total beatdowns. We have guys like, Jim McElwain, Derek Dooley, Will Muschamp. I mean, we're not talking about uh, the Mount Rushmore of the College Football Hall of Fame, and <laughs> you know, there are a few more. Uh, you, there are a few more you can you can add to that as well. But those were three names that uh, that just come to mind, and and I think ultimately uh, there have been mostly mismatches, and and I, I think and, and really until recently. Uh, the average margin of, 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 of victory on those was probably close to 20 points. Now, again, you know, the, the, the couple of Georgia games and obviously the, uh, the Texas game narrowed that, but it's just, it, and it's, and it's back to what we said a minute ago in terms of the fear factor, those guys just, I can't beat him. Uh, and now I think there, there's a sense that, I mean, I, I, I hear, Al, I, I hear former Saban assistants saying things about him privately that i I wouldn't have expected. And I think, you know, they, they, they start with his age and I don't think that's a major factor, but you know, only, when you, only sports columnist uh, age matters. I mean, old, old sports columnists don't get it done. Sorry, Kurt. Well, yeah, I don't know. Cause I'm not an old sports columnist, um, but <laughs> I knew one thing uh, as I was hitting my, uh, my forties, uh, I said, I, I already feel too old to be a sports columnist, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I don't want to test that. it. Uh, but I, I, I think it's, and we all know it. I mean, uh, you know, said and I are, uh, you know, said you're a little younger than us, but there's a point where, you know, you're not quite as good. Uh, and that was, year, that was years ago, good. Paul, that, that yeah. happened years ago, <laughs> but in Saban's case, I don't know if he's got the staff around him. 
that he used to either. Um, you know, he's got he's got real we have really weird dichotomy of, of assistants. He's got Tommy Reese, who's 30 years old, the new breed, and then his defensive coordinator is is nearly his age. Uh, a guy, I mean, I mean, who had who hasn't Kevin Steele worked for? Um, and and so I, I I don't I don't think he can rely on the, the type of staff that he used to have. And that said, you mentioned age. You know, finds the current climate so distasteful with NIL transfer portal. We had the run in with the Jimbo uh, a year ago, so. Do you think that could precipitate an earlier retirement than he would like? Because there are certain things out of his control now. Yeah. I think he resisted NIL. Did he coach uh, another five years? I don't believe so. Um, you don't and, I, mean, I mean, Kirk, we both have seen older coaches, uh, and, and something usually happens to them. And in, in Nick Saban's case, he really whiffed on NIL early on. He kept fighting it and expecting people. Uh, I had a run in with him once when he called me and just, you know, said, you know, you know guys like you, you know, you need to do something about this. And I'm like, quote, I agree with it. I, I, I mean, I said, I said, I agree with it. Uh, I mean, I'm not against it. And, and it was, uh, he did not like that because it was just, he was calling his posse to help him out and, and nobody did. And, and then the thing with Jimbo, he got away with that. Jimbo, his his original statements were so off 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 uh, kilter for Nick Saban, and all Jimbo had to do the next day was show up and say, "Listen, um, I love Coach Saban. Getting a little bit old, you know, he doesn't understand the young kids anymore." He could have finished oh, yeah. him off, but instead, Jimbo didn't. had to Jimbo had to resort to his uh, West Virginia upbringing. And my favorite line of all that, guys, uh, in uh, a couple of weeks later in Destin uh, in twenty two. Scott Woodward, who who was part of the group that hired Saban initially at LSU and did hire Jimbo at Texas A&M, he, he dropped by our set. And, and he said, I, and he, he put, as, as we came back from the break, he said, hey, I know what you're going to ask me, but I'm not, you know, I, you know my relationship with Jimbo, you know my relationship with, with Saban. He said, but I'm not going to get in the middle of two hillbillies from West Virginia in the middle of a fight. <laughs> wow. And it, it summed it up, said it all. And, you know, Saban ended up winning that for no reason mm -hmm. at all, only because Jimbo was so petulant. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we say you've been coach another five years. So do, do you have a number? Do you think? Yeah, you here, here's what I hear from people. Now, everybody always says, you know, I talk to people close to Nick Saban. Ridiculous. Nobody's talking to reporters <laughs> uh, close to Nick Saban, telling them anything that they don't want. They don't want. Nick Saban to tell them, um, right. but I the, the the new the new word is if he wins a national championship this year he's he's done now. And why is that? Because I think he knows how difficult it's going to be next year. Yeah, it's easier to get into the playoffs, but guys, the 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 odds of of, of getting through there in, in a twelve team playoff is going to be murderous. Uh, something could, could the odds of something bad happening. And I don't think he wants, you know, if he, I just think he knows how difficult he's seen what Kirby has done. He would, if he finishes with a, with a national championship this year, he basically just say, Hey, I've, I've done it all. But uh, if he doesn't, then does he become everyone else? We all, we've all covered who just can't walk away. And he, his record is still great. Uh, he's still recruiting at, at, at the highest possible level, but uh, you're judged by what you do on the field. So you two would have a podcast. You're saying if he next year, if he went. Oh, I, I mean, everyone thinks they know that Nick Saban is going to ESPN and you know, go to Game Bay for ten, ten million dollars. But do you? I've done uh, my first year at ESPN. I did College Game Day. You know what? It, it sounds great, doesn't it? Basically, you just sit around. You sit around yeah. for two day to, for, for 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 two days to be on TV for essentially about forty five minutes, of which someone. Is going to be telling him, Coach. Uh, listen, we got to run. We got to. We got to get you to do Sports Center. I've got an ESPN radio for interview for you. I got a TikTok I need you to do uh, for the company. Yeah. I, I can't see Nick Saban sitting around the the game day bus all morning uh, to go out there and listen to Pat McAfee talk about what a great kicker he was at West Virginia. You just run Miss Terry's chores. We know Mac didn't like it. We talked to Mac Brown. He did not like it. I mean, it was just too much sitting. 
He just did it to be around the game. Um, the, the SEC took a couple of hits this weekend. LSU got blown out. And Florida looked horrible. Said uh, I'm 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 catching a call here. I need to take it. Stay true to the words. I mean, I don't know what I'm going to do today because I've got to go into the studio on the SEC network and talk about what a great weekend it was for the SEC. And uh, there were three meaningful games uh, of the of the SEC's opening weekend, and they lost all three. And uh, quite frankly, they were all terrible losses. Uh, Florida looked like a high school team at times. Uh, South Carolina, North Carolina, not a game that probably somebody in a bar in Austin really cared about, but it was important uh, on one level. And and the game, uh, the LSU game was was paramount. Yeah, I, Florida State just manhandled LSU that second half. I was and Brian Kelly owned it. I, I'll give him credit for that. But uh, you know, it's so funny how you know Florida State and the ACC has this big win. Pac-12 is undefeated. You know, one great team, one great performance after another. Coach Prime has revolutionized the game. Uh, what did you make of uh, the monumental Colorado upset of TCU, Paul? I, I just, I just would, would hate to be the marketing director at TCU this morning, going, "Okay, in our in our last two national championship, uh, our last two national television appearances, we we lost sixty five to seven, and then we got beat by." Uh, by the bad news bears. Um, I, I mean, I, I mean, where, where, where does, where does uh, Sonny Dykes go to get his reputation back? Uh, it's He did undid a lot of good that he did getting to the CFP finals, but uh, yeah, that that was unspeakably horrible. What did you think about it? What do you think about Dion going after the media? I mean, I know we talk about saving all the time, but. Yeah, Dion just—it's like he wants the media. It's like you're with him or against him. There's millions of us who just don't care who wins. What did you think? No, I just think that's him, and it, it's a great act. And uh, I mean, I—I I think it, some of it is that there's just so many people that were rooting against him, and uh, and I, I didn't see it, but I was told that that Lee Corso, you know, said I don't like the way he's doing it, and you know, I. Lee, Lee Corso is iconic, but he's also 89 years old. Uh, and, you know, I, I think Dion's playing to to the kids uh, and it's resonating and, and I'm impressed with it. And I maybe if you know, you know, I mean, curmudgeon or not, I'm all in on him. And, and I, you know, there's no sound reason for that said uh, 30 years ago. I'm not sure I'd, I'd, I'd understand it as well because you know, he is breaking every rule. But by the way, he's breaking every rule in a sport. That has already broken every rule. Uh, why, why should we care about the rules anymore uh, when yeah. when you see the travesties that we've watched all summer uh, culminating by by what happened Friday with the ACC? This makes no sense. SMU joining a conference for free. You know, we won't make any money for ten years. We we just want to be pals with you guys. So. Big endowment. Big endowment. <laughs> Just crazy. Yeah, it's like it's like you know we, we we read stories about you know rich kids you know buying friends for their kids. Um, that's essentially what happened. And I, to, from my seat, it, I mean, it looks like they basically just told the the only three meaningful football programs in the league: North Carolina, Florida State, and Clemson. Hey, t- take a hike. And I think at some point they will because uh, however much money it yeah. costs, they need to get out of there. And they will. They'll go to the Big Ten. They'll go big too. You don't think the SEC? I know Sankey's talked about it that no real interest in Florida State Clemson. Well, Do you, like I said, they go to Big Ten or SEC. Uh, I think of the three, uh, and I always I'm always careful because I, I I always speak for myself, but people, you know, the peanut gallery thinks I'm I'm the official spokesperson for the SEC. Um, <laughs> I would I think North Carolina is by far the most attractive to the SEC of that three of that trio and it's it's not about the football it's just about the the, yeah. the, the brand it's yeah. a very big brand i mean I, I see north carolina on one level it's a little bit different than texas but in the in the same in the same pit uh, in terms of you know uh, arrogant haughty uh, never mind i didn't mean to say that uh, alumni <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> well if we get north carolina we're going to need another one to stay even so we get rice or who, who, who's yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, people keep asking me about Texas guys, and I, I just my, my I'm just so excited to have 
Uh, I just want to be in one of those meetings between the ADs when you get the Texas AD and the Alabama AD, you know, both both trying to sit at the head of the table. And they're big buddies, Greg Byrne and Chris oh, sure. Scott Strickland. They're, they're in the same club. So, uh, and by the way, I, I, I came away. Uh, I, I don't know Del Conte very well, but I've interviewed him a few times. And uh, I ran to his wife at, at the airport in Destin. We had a long talk. And I came away just like enthralled with that, that, that you know, with, with Del Conte and just what the, kind of the, you know, the swagger. I like it. I think it's going to, it's going to mix well here in the little SEC. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. He can sell ice to an Eskimo. Uh, he knows what yeah. he's doing. He'll, yeah, he'll my name, well. name is Circus Barker. I call him the Circus Barker. So he, he Yeah, one, one thing about uh, Sankey, though, he told me something Friday, which I, I had never heard before publicly. Uh, we were talking about realignment, and he said even uh, around the same time as uh, – Texas and Oklahoma were making the way to the SEC. He all he said was, "I got a call from the West Coast." Now it's pretty obvious who that was, uh, because at that same time, uh, Southern Cal was looking around, and yeah. he said we were not really interested. Now I, though he did, I didn't. It's one of those things. It's, it's after the fact, uh, but clearly uh, Southern Cal and Texas. You, you you guys all know that. But I mean, they were on the same track. They they were moving where it was to someplace. Yeah, I just got a lot of good games circled. Oregon, Boston College, games like that, and you know it's going to be uh, Oregon. I'm, I mean, I'm trying to think, guys. Uh, if you had to get the worst matchup for the uh, 11 o'clock game uh, on the uh, on the on the ACC network, what what would it be? Uh, I mean, there's there's so many great choices. I mean, SMU obviously would be in every one. <laughs> <laughs> well, Virginia's not playing too well lately either. So, uh, yeah, I mean, man, SMU, been... imagine, imagine, uh, imagine the announcers trying to sell the SMU Virginia game. Mm. It's huge, huge. That's epic, epic battle. We look forward to that. So, winner they... gets Boston College. <laughs> <laughs> They'll all be in the CFP. They'll all be. So, Paul, we appreciate it, my friend. I don't know if you have any last words for us before we see you in. Big Tuscaloosa this weekend. Well, I'm. Uh, I mean, of all of all the things that I'm happiest about uh, with Texas coming in into the SEC, it's the fact that you guys are coming along because uh, I, I feel that I have. I mean, I'm I'm tired of talking to 22 year olds at the bar on on Friday night. Now I've got a few contemporaries that uh, <laughs> at least can you know we can talk Daryl Royal and Frank Broyles and, and Bear Bryant. Have a margarita in in honor of Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> Jimmy exactly. Buffett. Exactly. And we appreciate well, you so much, Paul. Paul Feinbaum Show weekdays on the SEC Network. Texas at Alabama, 6 p.m. on Saturday. Paul, we can't wait to see you. And thanks for your time today, my friend. Thanks, guys. It's been my pleasure. We'll get that workout in. <laughs> on Second Thought. Doug, what a great conversation with Paul Feinbaum. I mean, just... I just love chopping it up with him. He's entertaining. He's gregarious. He's funny. I did his uh, Paul Feinbaum show on Wednesday. And, man, we've got a great relationship with one of the the most important uh, college football personalities in the country. Everybody knows him. I thought I thought you were the most important voice in college uh, football. N- I'm not even the most important voice at the Statesman. So let's, uh, <laughs> let's keep it real. Huh? I'm going to wait till you're 85 and you get out. And then maybe, maybe me, Danny Davis and Thomas Jones will have a race. We'll do that. That'll be here soon. That'll be here. Yeah. soon. Uh, you know what? Uh, let's get right to it. Who are you picking duck? I, you, you're a Homer this year and it's great that you finally, it took you 50 years to Homer up. But here we are. You painted yourself into the proverbial corner, eleven and one. And can they go eleven and one without beating Alabama? Sure, they can. But who are you picking? Yeah, but I'm perfect so far. You, you, I don't know why you're kind of, you know, being so smug with me. I'm, I'm one and zero. They're right <laughs> where I said they'd be. So I don't, I don't really get it. So. You're right on schedule, fam. You're right on schedule. <laughs> I. You know, I don't quite have the same conviction as I did a week or two ago, but... Why is your voice cracking? 
Why is your voice? My voice cracking? Yes, it is. Those people hear that. I smell weakness. Oh, you don't smell anything. I, I just here's the thing. Bear with me. Is it better if Texas beat us? Beat us and beat Rice like they did with eh, you're a little squeamish about it, or would you be better if they beat Rice sixty to nothing? How would that affect this week in your mind? I don't know, but I don't remember who they played uh, right before Arkansas, but they beat the ever-living snot out of them mm -hmm. and then went to Fayetteville and just got smashed. So I like that they were so-so against Rice. I don't. They didn't play their best football. Uh, I know yeah. they didn't play their best first half, so they've got to <clears throat> be going in there going, we got to play a great first half and just be in there midway through the fourth where we can steal it. That's where they – because that's where they were last year, Duck. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like a, a a good team that's hungry, that's a little bit spitting mad, like they didn't get it done last year. You know, Alabama didn't bring its A game. We know that. They had like, I don't know, like 15 penalties for 100, 100 yards. yards. Yes. They didn't run the ball that well. You know, Jace McClellan had that, what, 79-yard run. Kind Jameer like Gibbs had that screen pass, took it to the house. Exactly. So, like like we talked about a long-run confidential, you change any one of five plays, and that game may have been different. You have Quinn Ewers injury. You have the safety that wasn't called a safety. You had Will Anderson getting a hand on uh, Bert Auburn's field goal. You had Ryan Watts missing the sack. I mean, you change any of those, and Texas wins. I go, I know, I know, I know. That's what losers say, if, if, if. And that brings me to Saturday. It's time, Sark. It is time to deliver. Okay. And he's not Santa Claus. If, 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 if he's paid better than Santa Claus. Come on. He's not as popular. When's when's he gonna get it done? When's it gonna I mean Santa has one good game a year, you know, <laughs> and Sark's been a little better than that, but he hasn't had that trademark win, has he? He beat the he beat OU 49 nothing. Oh, oh wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. What was OU's record last year? At the time, it they weren't six and seven. Six and seven. They were crap. That's they not were Texas crap. Football. Well, you better beat a crappy team like that. So Alabama's not a crappy team, but I I I'm picking them to win. I think they can win. What? I think they've got to Control Milro. He's a he's probably a what 70 30 run passer. Is that fair? I think he's Vince Young as a red shirt freshman. Yeah. Okay. So not as good as not as good as VY. I'm sorry, well, not as good as VY, but but he runs he's, he's a one read quarterback. He tucks yes. and run right after that. He's you not a progression guy. Not a progression guy. Keep him in the pocket. You want him to throw. You don't want him to run 52 times as a team. You can't let him go crazy. You can't have him have a whole bunch of 20, 40, 50-yard runs. If Jan Miroy gets 100 yards rushing, Texas is probably going to lose. So they've got to do that. What, what do you say is your big key? What's your big key for this game? Number three is Quinn yours. Time to deliver. What, what, Just like your head coach. If you're if you're as good as they think you are, then let's see it against this team. There's no Will Anderson chasing you down this year. There's no Bryce Young on the other sideline. It it is a definite home field advantage at Bryant Denny, but this is mm -hmm. a chance on national television to show people that you are really that guy at Texas. He's the key. If he if he picks up where he left off, from that first quarter in 2022, they yeah. have a legitimate chance to go in there and get a dub. Yeah. They're not going to run for 180 yards, are they? Bijan ran for 57 on 21 carries, and he don't even play for them anymore. So They're probably going to run for about 120, maybe 140, maybe on a good – if they get they some breaks. They, they some run for 140, and Quinn's throws for 240, 250, they win. Well, yeah. If they both win. of them They absolutely win. Do you think, so I, think I think the defense game. is going to be fine, but the question is, can the offense do enough to keep that Texas defense fresh and off the field, particularly in the first half, Doug? 
can't have like five three and outs or anything no. like that. And you can't have a bunch of turnovers. I mean, they were great against Rice, plus three turnovers. Again, that was Rice. We understand that. But in Alabama, Alabama wasn't a great great turnover uh, margin team last year. I think they were plus three on the year. Texas was plus two. Uh, so obviously a big key, kicking, huge key. Uh, who's your secret weapon for Texas? If if blank, if Texas is going to win, blank is going to really show up big. Who would who would blank be? A.D. Mitchell. He knows these SEC streets. He's not afraid to go in there and ball. Yeah. And he and he's hopefully he's in that locker room telling him, hey, it's a football game. Let's just go in there and be us mm-hmm. and see what happens. A.D. Mitchell's played on a stage like this. And so um, if anyone balls out, I think it might be him. I really th- I don't think they're going to put Kool-Aid on Xavier Worthy. They don't have to. They'll put two you guys know. on they'll put two guys on X and then put and then put Kool-Aid on a um AD Mitchell. Well, I think that's what they're gonna do. That's not a bad strategy. It, which leads me to my X factor. If it's not A D Mitchell, it's probably gonna be Jatavian Sanders. Because if they apply three DBs to Worthy and AD, guess who's going to be open sometimes? And he can be a force and hard to bring down. So it's like uh, it's like 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 Sark and Jeff Banks were telling us in August that he may not have fifty three catches like he did last year, but he might have more yards and maybe more touchdowns. I think Sanders is going to be a key figure in this game too. With stalling, give me a score. Who you got? Go ahead. I gave you a 27-24. Horns going to win. 27-24 Horns. Burt Auburn. What a great kicker. Going to get it done. He's a hell of a kicker. They always have great kickers. He absolutely is. He is. All right, so I I don't hear you. What what you got? 33-24 Bama. I think it's close. Loss. I think it's close, Duck. For three and a half quarters, and I think they score late to to win by nine points. Uh, It's the score that's been popping into my head. I mean, they're going to win thirty three. I think Bama's going to win thirty three twenty four. So say that comes true. That comes true. How big a setback is it for Texas? Because it's a big dent in their confidence. It's yes, it's a setback. That's not a setback. You can't say every team that goes in the Tuscaloosa and loses, even if they're ranked as a setback. They're supposed to lose this week, Duck. Alabama doesn't lose at home. And if Texas goes in there and beats them like Johnny Manziel did 10 or 11 years ago, that's great. That's going to be great for us. That's going to be great for for newspaper copy and fans going to be excited in the city. But if they lose, the season's not over. I oh, know. I didn't say it was over. Hey, setback does not equal season being over. Okay. Don't be uh, expanding the definition here. But you know what the but, cool thing? You know what the cool thing? They want to do some damage. They want to get the CFP. Clearly, everybody wants to win the national title. The cool part is What's that? They, they lose, but then they get to win 10 in a row. In the Kirk Bowles book, they're going to win their next ten games and finish eleven and one. That'd be fun. And, and they're, be a, they're be not even, and they're not even going to take the team jet to Jerry World. They're just going to float from Austin yeah. to Arlington because they're going to be on a on a wave, a high, and they're going to crush. They're going to crush K State in the Big Twelve title game, and then we're going. Where are we going to the Rose Bowl, fam? We'll be back in the Rose Bowl for the first time for you since 09. But for me, uh, well, no, since uh, Sammy's freshman year. We'll be back in the Rose Bowls for the first time since Sammy's freshman year. No, that was at uh, the Coliseum. That that was at downtown at the Memorial. Coliseum, yeah. You're getting old. We'll be, you'll be back for the first time since 09. I'll be back for the first time. Since Andy Dalton beat uh, JJ Watt, TCU, Wisconsin. Yeah. Be- well, I'm glad you're on board saying they're going to win 10 in a row after this. So I'm glad you're on the duck bandwagon. I knew if I uh, talked loud enough, you'd get on board eventually. So I'm, I'm right here. I'm right here, sir. 
We're going to be right there. We're going to be right there. And everybody's going to be watching. Oh, I hope that ESPN thing's not killing people because right now I feel so bad for our, my football brethren who are, who are subjected uh, to the whims of billionaire companies fighting over a few scraps. Get it together. Get it done. Consumer. And, you know, go get the bundle if you have to. But that that is just asinine that that's going to pop up on the day the college football season opens. And I just something yeah. that makes me hate corporate America. I mean, we we got to be better. Remember, remember the little guy. We're the ones that pay our cable bills. We're the ones that 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 support uh, big time athletics. And, and as journalists, we're the ones that try to bring these stories to you. Don't hurt the fans. It's all about the fans. Yeah, and if they don't get it done, it's going to be BYOS or BYOB. Bring your own bar stool, you know, because those bars are going to be packed if Spectrum and Disney don't get it together. What if those bars have Spectrum or Disney? They're, they're SOL as well. Yeah, but they'll find a way to get it. Bars always find a way to get it. Get bars it always YouTube find a way. Before we get out of here, Doug, it's yeah. also NFL season. Wow, Cowboys visiting the New York football giants. Where do you think the Dallas Cowboys end up? I know we got an R take coming up on Sunday. We don't want to spill too many of the beans, but we still need to discuss because NFL is big time and your fantasy league team is epic this season. More on that. It's bad. It is bad. Whatever. And I'm in said division. You're going to rake me over the coals this year. So, Trying to get me bet my hard-earned money on uh, fancy football. So I'll be lucky to field a team. Whatever. What about the Cowboys? Uh, I'm I'm not giving anything away, but I've got them down as a good year, not a great year. Got them good, not great. Not enough of a tease? Give me your four. Who are your favorite? Who are the four teams that are going to compete for the Super Bowl? You can give me that. I can't give you all of it. Okay, well, I got, who are the four uh, best teams in the league right now? Without talk, without picking a Super Bowl winner, who are the four okay. best teams right now? Well, in no particular order, I'm going to say Philadelphia Eagles, uh, the Buffalo Bills, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Eh, if Travis Kelsey's knees okay, and right. Right. my surprise team is the Jacksonville Jaguars. So dumb. So dumb. Why do you always get taken in by shiny new things? I, like I, new things. I know Trevor Lawrence is the fair-haired boy. And, and I got Calvin Ridley on my team. Calvin Ridley. I mean, I'm betting that he'll be good this year. Um, too soon. Who you, got? Who you got? I got I got those same three. Yeah. But the Cincinnati Bengals have to be mm-hmm. in that top huh? four. Joe Burrow is box office. He's practicing. That calf is okay, Duck. That calf is fine. Mm-hmm. I think Joe Burrow's going to be great, and I. But I'm. But I'm going to go ahead and just let it let it out because, uh, contrary to your popular belief, there, well, some podcast listeners don't read the newspaper. I mean, say, oh, I've, I've been approached by many podcast listeners that do not read us. Doug. Well, that's sad. Yeah, and, and maybe they're functionally illiterate, but their ears work great. We'll take it, Doug. We'll take it. So you're um, giving me your I'm giving you my Super Bowl prediction right now, fam. All right, lay it on me. It's a repeat. I think the Kansas City Chiefs beat Philadelphia again. We haven't had a repeat since 1993 when the Dallas Cowboys beat the Bills. Uh, and, you know, that was their second straight win over the Bills. And that was uh, obvious. That was my first Super Bowl that I got to cover uh, as a member of the Tyler Morning Telegraph. Duck, we were at, we were both at the Georgia Dome, but we didn't know each other. How cool! Yeah, is that? you were you were, you were avoiding me. I think you know you were like big time. I didn't me. know you, uh, sir. Oh, yeah, right. Sure. Uh, here's the reason you're wrong about the Chiefs. Travis Kelsey, hyperextended knee, maybe doesn't play tonight in their opener. Uh, two. Chris Jones holding out, uh, kind of an important player. He's going to get his money. Okay, three. Sky Moore is their number one option. Kadarius Tony did nothing with the Jets, so they dumped him already. I just think those are three uh, problematic areas for the Chiefs that maybe just doesn't go quite their way this year. Problematic tonight, Doug, but not problematic for the whole season. Those are those Jones are going to get his money. 
And Trap, that's Kelsey's going to be fine. I hope they don't play Kelsey tonight. Uh, yes, I, you I, don't have Kelsey. Sit Kelsey and let him rest for, a, got for 11 days. Let him, rest. let him rest and and then, then come back. But that's because you got it in your other league. You got how many leagues are you in? You got you got a gambling problem, sir. I am so worried about you. I'm I've in got, two. I'm in two fantasy leagues. I've got an 800 number. I, I'll give it to you after the show. Okay. Good lord. <laughs> what have you become? I I mean, your button, don't I? Pick the pick the Longhorns to win the Big Twelve. Go eleven and one. Flashing the you and Babalu. Babalu picked him to win the national title. Should be submitted for drugs. Doesn't he every year though? Probably, probably. <laughs> we got to get him back on the podcast. But it's such a great weekend. It's going to be fun. We're 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 uh, rolling out of here on Friday. We're flying out to Birmingham, and then we're going to go find us something to eat. And then Saturday afternoon, we're going to be at Bryant Denny Stadium. Hopefully, meeting up with friend of the podcast, Paul Feinbaum, said he's going to be looking for us, Duck. And right. so many more people that I know are driving out. Y'all be safe on the highway. There's there's going to be a contingent, a Texas contingent at that game. I'm looking forward to seeing everybody. We're going to roll through the tailgates. If you got a, a piece of brisket you want to throw down my throat, I am willing and able to swallow it. So we're going to we're going to be back next week to to examine the fallout, to celebrate Sark's signature win or talk about how they're going to have to put it back together in Austin. That's going to do it for episode 307. Thanks to the legendary Paul Feinbaum for joining us. Thanks to our producer, Chandler Hoffley, for making us look good. For Kirk Bowles, the duck, I'm Seth Golden. We'll see you next time. Get your horns up. You've been listening to On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com. Join Seth and Kirk every Thursday at lunch for a new episode. Archived episodes are available on iTunes and Google Android Play.